I see things. You laugh at an old man. <laughs> There's them that laughs and knows better. See the TV cameras yet? That's what I'm kidding right now, is this weird chills. It's dog-eat-dog world, and from where I sit, there just ain't enough damn dogs. He's watching you, friend, I guarantee you that. Come on, I feel... What was that? Throw them into darkness for a few hours, and then sit back and watch them. Drug addiction, alcoholism, sadism, bestiality. We may ask what is real. Murder, vampire. Anything beyond that is dangerous. He's a liar. The demon is a liar. He would like to confuse us. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. The attack is psychological. And it's themselves. Powerful. So don't listen. Remember that. If it had ended, we would not be here. All we need do is sit back and watch. dog-eat-dog world, and from where I sit, there just ain't enough damn dog. Dog-eat-dog world, and from where I sit, there just ain't enough damn dog. Welcome back to another Freaky Fridays that's being done on a Thursday because I won't be around tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, it's a little early, but it's still alive and uh, it will just be done live today and we'll go out tomorrow everywhere else for uh, the regular Friday. But uh, today I have with me, as usual, my co-host for Freaky Fridays. I have General Lee. General Lee, you want to well, introduce yourself just in case uh, somebody doesn't know who you are? Yeah, uh, General Lee, Olsen creator of subconscious realms um twitter at subcon realms 33 instagram at subcon underscore realms 33 subconscious realms at gmail.com nice thank, thank you. you thank you as usual and uh today i'm actually very happy to get this guest on because i've been asked plenty of times actually from uh people and i've been told that uh She's a great guest to have on, but I've actually had multiple fans recently telling me that they wanted me to have Whitney Fox on. So I uh, spoke to Lee, even though we were friends on here. I think I spoke to Lee and had you had Lee set it up and uh, got her on for a Freaky Fridays. So uh, I'll stop running my mouth and I'll let you, Whitney, and introduce yourself. Let people know who you are. If you have any websites, anything you want to plug, I already put your Instagram and your website in the show notes. If there's anything else though, if you want to mention that stuff, let everybody know who you are. Okay, hi. Thanks for having me. I love you guys, so I'm excited about this. Um, yeah, I'm Whitney Fox. I have a website. It's uh, WhitneyFoxMedium.com, and I have an Instagram, and it's TricksterFox7. Nice. Yeah, I put both of those in the links. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. So I guess if you want to just maybe a little, some, you know, let the people know like who you are and what's your thing. <clears throat> what, do you, what is it that you're into, I guess? And we could just go from there. Uh, well, I guess... Um, it, yeah. So <laughs> I do some mediumship work, nice. uh, and that's what the website's about, uh, kind of helping people out with that. But um, I would say... Um, 
I think I wear a lot of different hats, but in this particular community, I would say I'm a paranormal experiencer and um, consciousness investigator, and maybe uh, you could even say a psychonaut, and, um, you know, the whole sort of new phrase that is uh, conspirituality, I guess you could say I'm kind of into that, because all those things sort of go together. Um, So, yeah that's that's about well that's not about it but that's part of it yeah. <laughs> that? what do you consider a psychonaut actually i've heard that used plenty of times well, I think it it probably is unique from person to person, so for me it's because i'm you know I think it all comes down to consciousness, you know all of the other things that I said, you know, even conspiracy you know i think it's it all comes down to our individual consciousness, so in my case, a psychonaut is uh, using plant medicines to expand consciousness um, oh, okay. and meditation, I guess. You know, I've had some pretty uh, deep meditation experiences that were nothing short of psychedelic. So, um, yeah. Interesting. All right. I didn't know that's what a psychonaut was. I thought there was something. Well, I think some people might, you know, like people that do a lot of acid. I, I haven't done acid and I, I, you know, don't have a pull to that. But I think, you know, you know, sort of the Steve Jobs uh, um, kind of take an acid and start an apple kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I think there's a whole genre in that direction as well, you know. Interesting. Have, have you never tried it, um, Whitney? Acid or LSD? Yeah. No. Yeah. I've kind of toyed with the idea of microdosing, but um, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know. I mean... It seems just a little scary for me, so um, I'll turn my earbuds again. What is that from? Like what you've heard people saying, like their own experiences. Uh-oh, oh, we're better there. I just tried my earbuds again. Sorry about that. Um, okay. We're better. We're not underwater anymore. So um, <laughs> it sounded like we were underwater before, but we're good. Anyway, say that again, generally. Um, is that because of what you've heard of people's testimonies, like their experiences? You know, I, I actually haven't. I've only heard a couple of bad, really bad, bad stories. Um, you know, my daughters have tried it and done it and have had interesting experiences. And and um, I think I, I think it's because it lasts so long that kind of freaks me out. You know, the other plant uh, protocols. Uh, well, some of them last a long time. I shouldn't say that. Like I haven't not tried iboga. But I understand that's a 24-hour experience, and you need a body sitter and all that kind of thing. Um, so but, you call it you know, iboga? I have not tried iboga. I know oh, what's people that? who have. Um, what is it? it? Is a, what is it? It's a, um, it's a hallucinogenic uh, plant medicine that comes from Africa. And um, from what I know of it, it's, it's got great... Um, uh, healing properties for deep addiction, like heroin addiction. There's a lot of success, um, you know, with iboga, so much so that, um, you know, there's a medicine, a protocol called ibogaine, which is a derivative of iboga for... for oh, I think um, I've heard of that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I remember, this is going back a long time ago, there was a friend I, I knew from school that ended up like a like a heroin addiction, and 
he ended up going fucking like out of the country. It was like some shit that I don't know if this is the same thing, but it was like being used to treat heroin addiction, but it was like a hallucinogenic and you'd go somewhere and stay there for like a fucking week or some shit. Yeah, well, just get wrecked. Probably, <laughs> probably it. <laughs> just, just get wrecked for a week. Yeah, just trip balls for a week, I guess so, and then you go home and you're off heroin. I don't know. But he did do it, Love but like it. I, I don't remember too much of what he said after the fact. But I know he did go. I think it was a, a treatment center in Mexico. Like, uh, I'm not sure where in Mexico, but I think it's a pretty famous retreat center. And um, from what I've heard, it's like I like I had mentioned it. It's such a deep experience that you need a body sitter, like a like a registered nurse, uh, on standby, and you're out of body for a solid 24 hours but from what i've heard when you come back from that you're essentially not a heroin addict anymore you know like it's a one it's a it's a one-time deal so just a, just addicted you know, I, to that is it would it, yeah. does it work like that yeah no to, right would, would you get addicted to the other can you get addicted to the iboga yeah what you said yeah. yeah i don't uh i don't think these plant medicines are addictive they're more like as a, you know, there's. I think there's a mindset that these things are drugs, where they're really medicines. So um, right, there's right. a difference there. Um, I've seen people with ayahuasca give give up addictions, give up drinking, give up weed, give up you know uh, uh, heroin. Uh, it's a little longer process, I believe, but um, it's such a mind expanding thing that. It's not uncommon to come back from those experiences and not want to treat your body that way anymore. You know, have a right, great right. epiphany, that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, just to get a one deeper level on that is, um, you know, there's many people that work with the plant medicines that believe that addictions are a psycho-spiritual issue, you know, ridding your body and soul and psyche and spirit body of uh, parasites. Um, yeah, so, yeah. If there's if there's truth to that, you can suspend disbelief on that. It would make sense that the medicine goes in and uh, essentially, you know, get, gives your spirit a sage, a good hard saging. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe Palo. Uh-huh. Palo Santo. I like that better. We'll use that. Palo Santo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I actually have some in my living room still. <laughs> Burnt sticks still. Yeah. There. I love the smell of that. Hey, since you said that, uh, I've seen uh, or I've heard, and I've kind of witnessed this too, that people that don't like the smell of Palo Santo have an attachment. Oh, shit. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but uh, it's uh, because it's a powerful smell and the, the, the icky spirits don't like it, you know? So, that's interesting. Just a little, who knows? Yeah. So now, I know with you, like now with the mediumship that you do, you cha- do you, like you do channeling as well, right? And stuff like that. I'm starting to do a little of that. So um, the the training that I've gotten for mediumship, I think there's always been a little bit of it there, or maybe even a lot of bit of it from time to time, but no, you know, through my life, uh, but no formal training. So when I got to the point where I was ready for formal training, you know, I went through uh, uh, some coursework here in Los Angeles, and then I, uh, once I graduated from that, I started doing um, 
some coursework with the Arthur Findlay College in, in uh, England, and I'm still doing that. And so um, the last couple of courses I've done is in some trance work. Um, I ne- wasn't necessarily ready for it because, like a lot of people, I had been programmed to believe that you can uh, become possessed. Um, but I've learned that that's, that's not a, actually how it works. It's, um, uh, however, if you're uh, not experienced enough and you're already messing around with dark stuff, then, you know, gosh, anything can happen in this crazy old world. So I had gotten and have gotten to a place where I, I have, uh, I feel, uh, and not to sound, you know, stuck up about it, but I feel like I have a personal power and I don't allow darkness to come around. So I, I've felt more confident with exploring that. And some very interesting things kind of come up with the trance work. So with having a little experience with that and being somebody that like likes to learn things and then incorporate it in my own way, which is, I think, you know, as a side note, I think should be everybody's spiritual practice. You take a little of this, you take a little of that, and then you make your own recipes. So what ends up happening with the evidentiary mediumship, which is when you um, bring through messages of people's past loved ones um, uh, while keeping within the light, and by the light I mean um, allowing no darkness in, uh, only uh, messages of healing, etc. Sounds pretty airy-fairy, but it's the way I work. Um, uh, what's happening, what's starting to happen here and there, not always, is I'll move into a trance state. And um, sometimes interesting messages of light come through that I don't necessarily feel like were my idea, um, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It, yeah, like I'll, yeah. I'll even surprise myself sometimes. I'll be like, wow, dude, that was, that was deep. <laughs> you know, so. You're like, um, I just thought that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, long answer to a little question. <laughs> so now what even... I don't know if, like, uh, you don't mind answering. <laughs> and you don't have to go, like, too deep into it. You know, whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> I'm sorry. What even um, got you, like, into doing all this? Or, like, what even, you know, like, a lot of times I get people who ask me, like, what got me into magic and, like, getting into a secret society. What was it that even got you into doing any of this stuff? Uh I mean, well, it doesn't have to be uh, a long, drawn-out story. If it's a long, you know what I'm saying, you can make it you know, as easy as possible. Totally. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I just wanted to say first that that's why I think, you know, because I've listened to a lot of your, uh, I call you NYP, so if you don't mind, I've listened to a lot oh, of fun. your podcasts, you and, you and Lux and all that. And so uh, I feel like you, um, uh, uh, the way you have come at magic uh, is a lot of the way that I have sort of come at um uh, shamanism. I think there's a real correlation between the two because it's essentially the same thing, except shamanism is a is a soul pursuit and magic is sort of a gathering group. Yeah. Um, and also the reason that you left is the reason that I sort of have my own soul practice. So I just want to say that because I, I think that, you know, there's a correlation there and a relationship there. Um, and maybe even to your listeners, there might be some agreement there. So, um, all right, so I'm no spring chicken. You know, I've been around a, a while. And through uh, all of those 50-plus years, um, well, I shouldn't say 
every year. But there's been a lot of anomalous, anomalous experiences in my life, a lot of uh, witnessing with other witnesses of uh, weird shit, you know, a really deep UFO encounter that was um, oh, wow. eye-opening to say the least. You know, like talk about a paradigm shift. Um, I'd had some, you know, I had a poltergeist in, in an extended family member when I was young and as a family, we witnessed all kinds of stuff. Um, early on in my life, I had um, a, a whole series of what I believe to be past life dreams about things that a child should not know <laughs> or be contemplating or dreaming about. Yeah. Um, and those early things gave me a deep interest in uh, reading about everything in that part of the book section, you know, or library. So, um and then also through that, um, a, a long history of night terrors where I believe that these weren't night terrors at all. They were either psychic attacks or, you know, um, and through those night terrors, a real deep sort of exploration of what the dreamscape really is and, and what you bring back. And, and through that led me down a path of um, working on lucid dreaming and then, you know, diving into the Monroe books and having some experiences without a body. And, you know, those are pretty um, singular experiences, anecdotal to talk about, but I know that they happened. You know, I know that I was aware out of my body. So, you know, with all of those sort of combined and a few more things, you know, weird synchronicities and also what I kind of believe to be uh, – like time slips and a sort of um, deep question about what time is in general, you know? So, and then uh, several uh, odd and or out out of the ordinary, or maybe they are ordinary. We just don't in our culture believe they're ordinary, but many experiences with the death of my parents and after death communication. And, um, and through that, um, I met uh, uh, an amazing medium when my mother died and dealt with her. She helped me through some very intense grief with some evidence that was absolutely astounding and life-changing, really. So all of those things kind of put together. Um, you know, well, it's not like I woke up one day. I was always like, one day I'm going to pursue that deeper. But, you know, I've got three children, and they're they're grown now, but when they weren't grown my vision was pretty myopic on them, even though like I'd still be like practicing OBEs at night and stuff like that. Um, but not always. It's not like a everyday hardcore pursuit. It would just be like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read that. I'm going to read that book again. Or I would hear someone talk about maybe OBEs or various things like a house that I moved into when the kids were in the middle of their childhood. I'm pretty sure there was a lot of, uh, spirit activity going on in there. Um, so, so hopefully that wasn't too long of an answer to your yeah. question. But when I when I decided, no, no. It, it's like I always decided I was going to pursue it on a more serious level. But then now I'm at a, a place in my life that I have the um, a, a little more time, less distraction. Let's put it that way. I can focus on it more. So uh, and then you know once I started doing that I was like whoa you know because anybody can learn it it's not like I'm special I just have a deep interest you know like 
yeah, I could teach, I could sit down and teach you guys, and you would probably blow your own minds, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So yeah. That is one thing. I think, that I think it's think something is, everyone can do. Yes. It's just our culture doesn't want us to. It just doesn't want us self-empowered. So. No, I do know. believe that too. I think it's something that I, you know, everybody has the ability. I think. You know? it just depends yeah. on how much how but, much you want to put into it, also. And like yeah, the stigmata or the dogma about it and stuff. And how much fear you have. You know, if you've had it pretty much pounded into your head since you were a child that that's scary, dark, evil, you know, from our media, from family, from, you know, uh, ev- from every source that this is something that should not be, you know, messed with or, you know, that the oracle is evil kind of thing. You know, of course, I mean, some of the names I've been called, for God's sake, you know, for sure, called a witch, attacked on social media, things like that, uh, whatever, whatever, you know. That's, um, that's a bit much, isn't it? Damn. Uh, Just for, for not, not believing is something that, you know. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, uh, there was two things that caught my uh interest when you mentioned the ufos and a poltergeist do you mind just going back to uh to those and maybe giving us a little bit of an idea what at least one of them maybe the ufo one what was that about like you said you had a ufo experience yeah right? for sure mm-hmm. um sure i'll tell that story uh, uh maybe i'll try and make it a little brief because it's it, it, it can drag on or maybe i'm just a long storyteller no you're fine <laughs> so, uh, um okay so this this was this happened in my early 20s and um uh i was on a water skiing trip i used to do a lot of water skiing around that time and uh we with a probably 20 to 30 people a couple motorhomes a couple boats and uh we did it pretty often during the summer and um it was the second day of this trip so there you know like the first day might be a lot of partying but the second day was a lot of hangovers and a lot of skiing, right? So second day was, and I, for whatever reason, I point that out because, you know, it's it's just good to know that the, uh, when this happened, me and the two other witnesses were completely sober. Um, and everyone else had gone to oh. sleep, and it was fairly early. So uh, everyone had gone to sleep in the motorhomes. Me and two other guys uh, were sitting by the fire just wrapping it up, and, um, and, uh, we started talking about the sky and, you know, things going on. And I had recently read, um, I do need to dig it up because I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times. I'm pretty sure it was a Bud Hopkins book on UFOs. So I was already had not had any UFO experiences that I know of. And, um, excuse me. And, um, I had mentioned that in the book, uh, he had said, if you want to see a UFO, just request a flyby. Go out under the sky and request one. And, you know, this was back in the 90s, so he was already talking about that stuff back then. Anyway, uh, I had just gotten those words out of my mouth. You could request a flyby. And one of the guys points to the horizon and says, what's that? You know, and me and the other guy were like, you know, sh- sh- bro, come on, shut up. Yeah, like- <laughs> you know, thinking that he's... And, uh, but anyway, we looked over there and there was this, what looked like it was way out of scale for something that would be on the horizon. It's, it was already anomalous. Even if that was all we saw, it was like, whoa, 
WTF is that? That's like really odd. But it looked like a, it looked like a, a Ferris wheel or, um, not, yeah, like a Ferris uh-huh. wheel spinning in a circle way out on the horizon. But it was huge. And then, uh, within a just a thought, less than a breath, it was over our heads. And it was, it was a massive black triangle, um, like a flat black. And it was, it was angled slightly over our head, but exactly over our heads, blocking out at more than a third of the sky. And so, um, you know, you know, because I've talked about it recently, I've thought about it more and more. Just, you know, even though it was a long time ago, it's been brought present to my mind a lot. I don't know how long we stood there, to be honest, because everyone was asleep. It was fairly early in the evening. I have no idea how long this um, experience really lasted. But if I had to say, if I had to, like, guess, I would say it probably went on for about maybe 10 minutes. But then there's other things that make me believe that it was much longer. Um, In any case, it was... So it was slightly angled and triangular and um, sharp corners, and it had a light on each corner, and um, but no light in the middle. And the lights, they would light in they one corner would light, then the next corner would light and go out, and then the next corner. So it looked as though like the lights were chasing each other, like like chasing Christmas lights, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of yeah. spinning, and um, so we stood there looking at it. For like I said, I, I couldn't tell you how long, and then it. Uh, I had, oh, by the way, we had. I, I can only really speak for myself, but a little bit for them because we did talk about it much later. But um, zero fear, and the thoughts going on inside my mind were just of awe, just watching this thing, and also on a side level, going like this changes everything, because it was completely silent. You know, no wind, no sound, no... It was like the air was completely still. Uh, and so the craft, it turned on its side. So if it had its belly facing us, it turned on its side. And it hung like that for a while. And I, the, so from from our perspective, it looked like the lights were going up and down because it was one corner gotcha. that we couldn't see anymore. So, And then because of that, I thought to myself, it's giving us a show. It's showing us what it can do um, in like a playful way. So like I said, I never had any fear. I never had any, anything other than just like what, what, like even more like what is this fun thing doing? <laughs> you know, like what's, oh, it's being, how cute, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, it turned its belly back to us. And at some point in there, you know, I had said out loud, to them, I can't believe my eyes. And, you know, the one guy said, you know, believe your eyes. This is happening. So we had presence of mind to speak for a moment, but no presence of mind to grab a camera or really talk or be afraid, run away. There was no presence of mind. And so uh, the other guy at around that point, he went running off and started banging on the motorhomes. And, you know, this was a this was a lake near Bakersfield and there was other people camping and water skiing and there was nobody up. Nobody came out. Nobody saw it. it what was state like, was this in? I'm sorry. To, uh, was a Bakersfield? Uh, California. Okay, California. Uh, yeah, California, like um, south to central California. So there, there is a, you know, 
someone had mentioned this to me before, and um, it, it is right over the mountain chain from uh, Lockheed. And so, and I, I know pretty specifically because my brother actually worked for Skunk Works. So, um, you know, which is also weird. He had weird stories about Skunk Works, but that's a totally other story. And he's also had like, anyway, not to get detracted, di uh, distracted, but anyway, um, so uh, it, you know, because someone else telling the story was like, oh, are you sure it wasn't like some sort of secret technology from Lockheed? And no, I'm not sure, you know, I don't know. Other than the way this thing moved, I can't imagine it being manned by anything and or giving me the sort of post-hypnotic suggestion, I suppose, for like peacefulness and lack of fear. I feel like if it was, um, you know, some sort of craft, I would have been scared shitless and running, you know, and it would have made some sound or wind or something. So um, anyway... When it turned back to us, like I said, I'm, I can't tell you how long it lasted, but when it left, it left at a 90-degree angle from which it came, went back to the horizon. And so when I say left, it blinked out and blinked on again. You know, it, So it's not like I saw it like scoot away at any speed. It was just there, and then it wasn't. And then it was on the horizon again doing the pinwheel uh, sort of formation, and then, and then it blinked wow. out. So, um, I mean, that happened 100%. So after that, um, you know, I had no desire to talk about it. Neither did they. We went to our tents. And uh, I, I do remember laying in my tent for a while, going, thinking about it, but not in a scared way, not in a bad way, more in a like, uh, more in a way like, um, that was damn special. You know, that, that was really something. There's no going back to thinking things thinking the way I used to think, and um, slept very good, and then woke up way late, you know, I knew that it was way late, came out of the tent at the same time the other guys did, and, you know, breakfast was over, the good water was gone, you know, and, um, but I made eye contact with them, and, you know, so they, it, so I knew they knew, I knew that they remembered, but we just didn't have any desire to talk about it, speak about it, tell anybody about it, it was just, it just was what it was. And then about six months later, then we talked about it and we had the same experience. We had a little different feeling about what it was and how it was. And one of the guys later became a born again Christian and ended up having a bunch of drug issues. And, you know, he still thinks it was demonic. And I, I, I don't talk to him all that much anymore, but I just don't talk to him about it because I don't, I don't have that feeling. So anyway, that, there's that. However, I had I had another set of experiences that I, I'm not quite sure where to put, if they're related, if they're not. I, I can't believe that they're not related, but um, so what, uh, about um, fifteen years later or so, um, I had already had um, I'd already had two of my kids. I had a fairly lucid dream that um, there was some sort of entity standing next to my bed. And if I were to describe this entity, it was, it was like it was presenting itself in a way that could be as kind-looking of an alien as possible. 
It kind of, it looked it had a sort of a long face and did not look human, um, but had kind eyes. It was very tall, and so this quote lucid dream, which you know is weird because I was dreaming that I was laying in my bed and opening my eyes, and you know my husband on the other side of me, and this being standing next to my bed, like right over me, and um, I wasn't afraid in the dream or whatever it was. Uh, but what happened when I woke up was I had this thing in my neck, and uh, there's still a scar from it. Um, when I felt up and felt my neck, it was very sore and had like um, um, it, like I didn't even want to touch it. And I was like, "Ooh, like what's that?" And I didn't correlate the two until I got out of bed, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that effing weird dream I had. Wait, what's going on?" And I went and looked in the mirror, and um, and I, you couldn't really see it. I thought for sure there was going to be like a boil or something gross, some skin eruption is what I thought for sure I was going to see. But I couldn't see anything, but it felt like really sore. And so I started messing with it, and, um, and, and it made me nauseous to mess with it. So I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. Like any of your listeners or you guys, if you've had like sort of, deeply paranormal experiences, I think there's a part of you that sort of checks out and goes, I don't really have the bandwidth to kind of think about that right now, so I'm just going to go to work <laughs> or deal with the kids or whatever. And um, But I for sure would feel it all the time. It got a little less sore, and when I could mess around with it, it was like a little BB. And then, you know, one of the times I got really frustrated because I was like, just in my mind, I was like, what is that, you know? And I had the thought, I'm going to take a needle to it and I'm going to, you know, and this was maybe a year later. And then, and then I just got this feeling of dread, like don't F with it, just leave it. And so then I, and so I had it for years. Um, I kind of think I had it through my childbearing years. I kind of think that because literally I woke up one day and it was gone. I went to go feel it, mess around with it, roll the BB around. You know, I would just do that as a nervous habit once it didn't hurt anymore. And then I went to feel it, and it was just gone. It was just gone one day. So, um, you know, what, what was that? I, I, I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that I feel like I was abducted or had an implant. Because I don't know. I, I really don't. I, I, all I know is what I told you. And it, there does seem to be a relationship there. So there was another thing that I feel that is related to that, and that was um, I had worked with a shaman for a really long time, uh, with ayahuasca, so you know that psycho not part of you know I was uh, I had many very deep experiences and healings, and I got to a point where I was getting all these like pretty deep esoteric teachings with this medicine, and I got to a point where I could just talk to her and be like, "What's the answer to this?" And I would feel like I would come back from these journeys and have organic information. So. So then, you know, because I was doing it so regularly, I was like, okay, I'm going to ask about the UFO. Like, what was that? Like, I want to get some information and see if I can get anything. And I, I did. <laughs> so uh, in this particular journey, um, I was taken to this realm where it showed me in a psychedelic fashion with fractals, this sort of sacred geometry folding over on itself. And the information that was imparted was kind of hard to bring back because it was a bit of a download. But the way, the best I can say is that the sort of 
download was that time folds in upon itself in a fractal way. So um, that's, that's a pretty much the best I could do with the download. However, in the middle of that, I felt like I was inside that craft and with the beings who I didn't see, but I was not alone. And so when I came back from that journey, I was pretty much like, that was the best they could do to show me um, what was going on without breaking my brain, kind of. Mm. And so that that happened. And then um, fairly recently, I would say with the, it was probably about a year and a half. I had another dream about being on that on that craft and inside of it. So you know, anyway, you know what I. What, I guess it sort of answers part of your question in the beginning, like or, or or something I had said earlier, is where I believe it all comes down to consciousness. I feel like something about that craft was run by consciousness. I don't know if a future past self of mine is involved with that. It's a it's some super stoner talk, and I don't really know where to put it all, um, other than um, you know, with others that have had experiences with. UFO crafts or off-planet intelligences, um, I, I think that there is a place that we are going as a race that is starting to understand these things, baby steps, baby steps at a time. And, and to me, it, it's really the only answer to why this is happening is uh, I think they're trying to teach us, trying to evolve us, you know, trying to, you know, 46 and 2 us or something, you know, <laughs> so... Um, anyway, that's what for the tool fans out there. <laughs> uh, you have, uh, well, one thing I want to ask when the when you said it turned sideways that first time when you were witnessing it with the other two people, did it look like it had like dimension to it or thickness to it when it turned sideways? Or did it just look like a sliver? Like, mm. like did it actually uh, like no, look it, like something? It had a dimension. Oh, it did. Okay, it had a dimension, but it was thin. And I, I've seen lots of other sort of representations of the various triangular crafts. And um, this one was slightly different from one that I've uh, one that I've come across. You know, they some of them are sort of have rounded corners, and and some of them are like more like a like a puck but triangular. Uh, it was more tapered. That like when it turned sideways, the the tips were ta- were tapered. Um, and when I say not rounded, they weren't sharp like a needle. They're, it was slightly rounded, but not like a big curve, if that makes sense. I got you. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the pictures that I've seen, other representations, there's a light in the middle. I didn't see a light in the middle. That doesn't mean there wasn't one. It just wasn't turned on. Um, so, you know, I've had people ask what were the color of the light. Did they, were, you know, a lot of people see amber lights. These were white. Um, and, and then I even think... And so this is where it also gets very weird and random, is I feel like my two eyes at part saw white light only, but I feel like in memory I have like a third eye of like a spectral color spectrum. So I know it sounds a little wonky, but um, uh, that, that again is also the best I could do to kind of describe it um, with clarity, any clarity. I did have a, a question. Um, did it black out the stars or warp them? It blacked them out. 
Yeah, okay. there was no stars behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And you said you didn't feel and anything either, right? You didn't feel any, nothing, like nothing, you didn't feel like no spidey senses went up or anything? Like you didn't have, you didn't feel anything uh, off or nothing? Um. Uh, if I can, like, the best way to describe that, because, yeah, it was off. The best way I could describe it is, um, the closest thing to here is when being in a lightning storm. Um, oh. So if you've ever been in a lightning storm where the lightning is very close, like really close, it, it's more than sort of the fear of being struck. Like, it's, I was in one once in Flagstaff, Arizona, where, you know, lightning was striking within like 100 yards, and there's this like, like, uh, there's just this thing in the air. Uh, so that, if anything, that's the closest that it kind of felt like. Uh, Spidey sense, I guess, is maybe a good way to put it. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, because I was Let's wondering like, if there would be like I've always assumed there'd be some type of like EMF effects with type that stuff. And uh, yeah, so I was wondering so like if, another... if it did go up or if there was stuff like that, would you feel it if it was high enough? You know. So there's another part to it that's very um, uh, sort of out there that, you know, to, to try and describe. But so with the, uh, with the other anomalous experiences, the ones where there was, you know, like what we would call ghosts, you know, like the poltergeist, or I, I'm starting to believe that there's a, that you shift dimension slightly. And I know that's so like Star Trek or something, but... Uh, because, well, first of all, why didn't all the people in the motorhome wake up? I mean, my friend was like, he was going Richter on these things. Like, he was, like, in panic mode, and nobody even looked out a window. So there's part of me that thinks that maybe we were just slightly off this dimension. And so one of the poltergeist experiences I had was, like, you know, at my aunt's house, uh, I was filling a bath, um, and I knew that the bath was almost full, and then I turned around and the bath was completely empty. And there's no way it could have drained in that amount of time. So I feel like there was like a time slip, a dimension slip, or I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, although I do feel that it's relevant to physics. <laughs> I think that there's stuff that our physics, we don't have the whole story with physics or what we think is physics. Oh, like, yeah. you know, never straight answer doesn't tell us that, you know, any real secrets kind of thing. Totally. So, um, Anyway, uh, like with that, um, I, I just kind of wonder, was that the feeling of being in a lightning storm or the spidey sense, was that the feeling coming back from a slightly shifted dimension? Um, you know, I've had, you know, on that note kind of, I have had a couple of ayahuasca journeys where I was not laid out on my mat with my eyes closed, but eyes open walking around and had the sensation of being slightly outside my body, both sitting and standing. And it's kind of like that, uh, out-of-body experience too. Um, you know, the light spectrum is a little different. And so, you know, to me, there's some answers there somewhere. Um, it, but it takes suspending disbelief and doing some self-exploration. I know the yogis, you know, uh, stories about levitating and things like that. I don't know if those are true. I don't know if the old photos are true or if it's all 
you know, PR. <laughs> but, you know, supposedly there's people that have witnessed yogis levitating. And is that part of that? Um, is it consciousness? So. Uh, Go ahead, Lee. No, so did you just mention yoga? One more time. Did you just mention something called a yoga? Uh, about yoga? Is that, what you, is that what you meant? No, the yogis, right? Those are like the people. The oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, I heard a quote the other day, or maybe it wasn't a quote, something I read briefly or heard, uh, that yoga is really to prepare the body for meditation so that, you know, the yogis can sit in positions for as long as they do to get to those elevated states. Um, I've done um, a few Vipassana retreats, which are really deep and intense. And um, I have one of my Vipassana friends, he's done over 20 of them. And the last one that we did together, he claims he had a very deep out-of-body experience, completely left his body. Um, And I believe it. Um, It's, you know, I, I feel like it maybe a little hard to leave your body when you're, you know, sitting on a stool in a um, meditation and not have your body fall over. <laughs> but he did. He did. Uh, so anyway, and though, and I sort of say that to say that um, you don't necessarily need plant medicines. Your mind can expand greatly um, with some discipline. Not saying I have this insane discipline, but I have a couple of times I've, you know, done those retreats, and there's some, there's some real deep stuff that goes on there. You know what I, I wanted to ask you? You touched on something earlier that I thought was interesting. Maybe talk about it a little bit more. When you mentioned that you thought that possibly, like, the UFO stuff could be... Um, do you think that could be because of you making that happen almost consciously? Or you're, like, a part of it? I know before you had mentioned that you thought maybe um, consciousness might have something to do with like UFOs and things. I'm just wondering, like, do you think it might be like specific to you though, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, like when you called it. Yeah, that's a very interesting question, um, and I'm going to say yes, and I, and also more than that, maybe. Um, I've had a couple of sensations through meditation and the plant medicine that everything was already mapped out in this life um, based on a couple of deep, I guess you'd call deja vus, um, where, I, where I thought, well, this whole thing already happened, the whole thing. I've already, I've already bit, like, so what is time? You know, there's this weird thing about time being linear that sometimes I think some people shift in and out of. So did I plan this whole thing? Was that event already on the books, as they say, or calendar however becoming in a you know leaving that thought and going back into a much more material thought um my mother had um some experiences she only would speak briefly about them but things like she um woke up someplace else not she woke up at her high school um and it was a disturbing experience for her um but my grandmother in later life she was not afraid to talk about her experience, and which was a um, which was a full saucer encounter with many witnesses. And and then, you know, my daughter, my middle daughter, um, 
she's had some experiences, weird experiences when she was younger. She still experiences some very strange things um, and uh, also uh, had a UFO uh, sighting, a deep one. Um, she doesn't necessarily call it an encounter. She saw um, uh, she was viewing the ocean from you know Santa Monica Bay area, and she saw one out over the water. Um, and it was around that time that there was a huge flap of UFO sightings and USO, what they call it, uh, submergible. Um, and I, I think that flap is kind of abated, but uh, that was when she had her encounter. So they say that's a, mo- a little bit more grounded material view because uh, maybe it's a familial thing. Maybe there's, maybe they, you know, I've heard people say they track family and DNA and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, can you, can yeah. you and it could be both. shake your headphones for a second? I think, like, they messed up. They sound... Sure. I'm sorry. Something Did sounds off like that. Is that better? Is that uh, a little better? Let me see. Yeah, it's a little bit better, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're okay now. Okay. Yeah, there was, like, okay, a hum okay. coming through or something. Okay. It was a UFO hovering over your house. <laughs> <laughs> They're here. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what was that from? That was from, uh, was that Close Encounters of the Third Kind or something? Or was that from E.T.? Oh. Oh, no, no. That was from Poltergeist, right? Yeah, it was from Poltergeist, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I know, because I've often wondered myself, like, uh, if sometimes, like, UFO stuff might be, uh, you know, specific, you know, to, like, people. No, or, no, or it could be I, the person's I, consciousness kind of being involved with that. So I just have a little theory I've tossed around in my head fairly recently, and that is like everybody that has an interest in this stuff, say this whole community, has had experiences. There's only a few of us that remember them, though. Um, I tend to think that there might be a, a off, you know, this is going out there, but <laughs> the whole thing is out there, right? So an off-planet. Uh, program to elevate our consciousness to a place where we can join the galactic community without like blowing each other up kind of thing. And so if, you know, if you can go with that sort of idea, then perhaps there's just some of us that wake up in the middle of it, you know, and others of us don't wake up with this thing. Like, why am I so interested in these topics and mind expansion and, you know, paranormal experiences and, you know, the the real nature of reality, that kind of thing. So, um, and some people maybe just have uh, more, would be more afraid. Um, so like with the mediumship, th- this is a related comment. Um, I, I think there's uh, some people that are so afraid of the afterlife or what we've been conditioned to believe are scary ghosts or the dead, the walking dead or the, you know, things to be afraid of that um, they, they, they turn that side of their um, DNA off. You know, they shove it away or they shove it down and they stay firmly planted in the material out of fear. And so maybe, you know, these uh, entities and these uh, and or loved ones on the other side, they know about our fear and they're only going to present themselves to those that they think can handle it and bring a message, maybe, you know, but like, where else could it be? <laughs> I'm nuts. <laughs> Maybe that's it. <laughs> when did it? Did you uh, mess with tarot at all? Use tarot? 
I do. I do. do you... I was drawn to tarot pretty young and um, nice. started yeah. with like following protocols and reading books and all that kind of thing. And then it kind of morphed into its own thing with me. I really sort of pull them out at times. We'll do tarot readings for people and sometimes it's a kind of classic layout and I will kind of follow the cards basically in some of their classic meanings, but they come out in different orders, you know, like depending on how they, the relationship between the cards to each other is, it will stimulate my intuition. I've always seen that before or, oh, this makes me feel like this. So that's how I use them. Um, and I, I do kind of keep the mediumship and the tarot separate. I just feel like they're different tools. Okay. And I, I kind of have my protocols to do with the two, with the different disciplines. So, so yeah, yeah. I think the tarot is um, very powerful, very powerful teacher and uh, mm. uh, enlightens through the archetypes as well. Oh, yeah. So. They're really good for archetypes. Well, the reason I asked mm -hmm. you that is when you mentioned the thing, you said you saw it spinning out in the ocean for, or, or spinning out wherever it was, and then it just showed up, and then when it mm -hmm. left and went back. Could that right. have looked anything like, I guess it also depends on what deck you have. Would that look anything like maybe the Wheel of Fortune symbol? You know, how it's like a spinning... I had a feeling you were going to say that. I've never thought of that before, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Hadn't even thought of that. Um, and the reason and I was yeah, even thinking like... that is <clears throat> before you go up the tree to the Supernal Triad, which would be a black triangle, you're going to hit the Wheel of Fortune, which is a spinning disc. <laughs> Right, that's right. Yeah, so. How interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to dwell on that because, yeah, the meaning of that card as well, the general meaning. So, Well, to me, see, in my opinion, yeah. that's almost kind yeah. of like when you're going to start getting into time and space and messing around with stuff possibly, you know, for me. Totally. So, like, now I just, you know, that whole thing, I just... It was. I was like, is that the Matrix, like, showing itself in somehow to you? You know what I'm saying, visually? I do. Good call. Good call. I'm going to have to give that more thought. Um, yeah, that is very interesting. Yeah, so something I I'll, I'll say on that, um, you know, it was before the plant medicine, but a deep out-of-body experience I had, I was taken to a tree. And the tree was very much, uh, so it would have been after the UFO encounter, before the plant medicine, um, working with OBEs and stuff. And it was the, it was the pinnacle of, at least so far, I haven't really worked with OBEs. I'm thinking about trying doing a little more work with it again. But the pinnacle of the work that I was doing at the time, I, I rolled out of my body and I, I was take or I went to a tree, and I had placed the intent to see God. Um, it, it was a very flippant kind of request because I was like, you know, I was really close to my father-in-law at the time, and he was a deep seeker and. And I had had a couple of out-of-bodies and just done dumb stuff. And um, and by dumb stuff, just nothing. I didn't, couldn't, I was just floating around and like in shock that I was out of my body and, and also pretty unconscious about where I was going. But he said, you know, make a request, do something. And so I, once I was out of my body and I, I didn't shock myself back into my body, I asked to see my dad who had recently passed, but, and they said no, whoever they are. And, um, but I said, how about God? And so took me to this tree. And the tree was, it didn't look exactly like the tree in Avatar, the film, but there was similarities to it in that it was lit up with like spectral uh, uh, and colors of a spectrum that we don't really have here, like fairy lights. 
and I was taken under the tree, spun under the tree, and then at a certain point I watched this, what I thought was a drop of dew uh, fall from the tree and land on my thigh. And when it landed on my thigh, um, I had, like, knowledge of everything. I had a deep download of everything, and that's what shocked me awake <laughs> because I was like, it was, uh, it was heavy. <laughs> it, it was very much like an ayahuasca experience, one of the deep ones, was this, I came back for a brief moment with this deep, deep knowledge. And then, you know, as I fell back into the matrix, it just sort of dissipated. And I fell back into my ego, I guess you could say, and saw it from my ego's perspective with all its bullshit, you know. <laughs> so. You know, when you talk about that tree, was it anything like, um, it sounds almost like uh, the way you described it, the way the queen lit up that tree recently over by her place. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the lizard people. <laughs> I had, like, those DNA strands, and then, like, the tree fucking lit Yeah, after she pressed the fucking, what was it, like, a blue sphere or some shit? That's yeah. right. Which, which, is actually, which is actually the sphere that the Wheel of Fortune, I think, falls on, on the tree of life in the Kabbalah. <laughs> Yeah, Talking about the Wheel of Fortune again. Yeah. That's some powerful stuff, yeah. you know. So, you know, whatever she was doing or whoever that was in the in the queen suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've crossed the Rubicon, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was a weird thing in itself. But when you're describing the tree, it made me think of that shit. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe that is the best re- representation. And who knows what's really going on with that? Maybe there's oh, been an yeah. infiltrator, you mm. know. And um, I, I don't, I don't know. You know, watching the the you know the world stage is really yeah. freaking crazy about now. So yeah. yeah. So there's all. Go ahead, Lee. Oh no! No, I was said, there's, uh, I think there's. Isn't there an angel? What's like a wheel? Oh, a fallen angel. Is it the Orphanium or something like that? I think you might be right. Actually, I can't remember. Oh wow! Is there on the Wheel of Fortune? No. Well, I think. No. um, I think there's a a group of angels or an order of angels that might be look that might look like a, a spinning wheel of like fire or some shit like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I think I've actually seen that, like in. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm not. I'd go with Kabbalah, actually. <laughs> also, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the it name. Pops up really quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you mind before maybe to if you don't you know if you don't mind maybe sure. you could go into one of your other uh, poltergeist experiences and then maybe after that we like we can wrap it up if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, because um, I find that... Now, that's another thing, too. Now, when it comes to poltergeist experiences, do you, or poltergeist itself, do you think that, again, can be contributed to the person? Because that's another thing that you do hear sometimes, that, you know, maybe it is specific to the person. So, again, like, you're having, par- you're having poltergeist and UFO things happen. Maybe, not putting it on you, but do you, you think that this all could be part sure. of you? Yeah, like a projection of my own psyche. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I think there's a spectrum because I do think that um, 
I, at one point, I projected something from my own psyche, moved something when I feel that I was under a psychic attack. So I had to kind of, I don't want to get, because I want to describe the spectrum, so I don't want to get too into that story because it, you know, takes a little uh, lead up. But I felt that someone had, a couple of people had very ill intent pointed in my direction and were messing around with some stuff. And so when I was in the middle of that, I was losing things, becoming very frustrated, sweating for no reason. Uh, I was already working with the shaman, and he also pointed out, he said, I think you might be under psychic attack. But during that time, um, when I was fighting it, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. trying not to succumb to fear and anger, um, uh, I was alone, and a broom kind of flew across the room. I wouldn't say flew all the way across the room. It wasn't like this crazy dramatic thing, but it it fell and it moved and fell in a way that no one, nothing was near it. And so, uh, so with that, I it was part of me. Um, I guess you could say taking my power back um, and understanding that you know I, I I could get to a place where I I could. Um, have enough personal power to not be effed with anymore. And that was the most recent, say, poltergeist experience. I mean, we call it poltergeist because I don't think we have another really word for this mm-hmm. spectrum of events that could happen. Um, so the earliest poltergeist experience was I had, uh, I had an aunt, an uncle, who had a, a regular haunting with a poltergeist that came around their family through a Ouija board and uh, us being extended family, we saw several of the events, you know, things moving that shouldn't have been moving. Um, I think that one was attached to my aunt. It, I mean, it said as much that it was in love with her and it wasn't leaving. And mm. drove her nuts for pretty much her whole life. I don't think she ever was not afraid of it. But it was also an early experience of mine that um, let, you know, it was one of my earliest experiences where with other witnesses that, I knew that there was something else going on, that there's other realms um, and other possibilities and that this thing, these things were real, um, especially when, you know, like my parents knew and my very grounded dad was like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's happening and um, this is how we were dealing with it, which was, you know, he, maybe you could even say he coached me into succumb to fear and you're going to be its bitch. So, you know. And maybe that's why, moving forward, I was able to kind of move into some of this stuff without fear um, or less fear maybe than the next person. But then, you know, when I was a young adult, I had a boyfriend who I think that thing was deeply attached to him. So in in saying, like, is, is any of this a projection of my own psyche? Why was I drawn to this person in the first place? Maybe it was. It already in the cards for a learning experience, but I I was very cavalier about my um, um, uh, about my approach with this person. You know, I, I didn't understand that it was going to be one of the bigger spiritual lessons of my life. I just thought, oh, I'm just dating this cute guy. <laughs> so, um, you know, yeah, real you. brief on that story is it, it, he and I had been friends since high school. Um, and I started dating him after high school. He was um, born in Costa Rica, and his family was from Costa Rica, but he was American, if you 
you know, like he didn't have an accent and anything like that, went to my high school, that kind of thing. Just a little side note, which I find conspiratorially interesting, was his uh, father was a Supreme Court magistrate in Costa Rica, and he had gotten his maid pregnant, and that this boyfriend was the product of that, and so they shipped him off to America to, you know, sort of get rid of this problem. And um, with this guy, um, he, through a conversation after we were already dating, you know, I had told him I'd already had my UFO encounter, and I, he, so I had told him about that, told him about a couple of weird things that had happened, and so he felt comfortable enough to share that he believed he was being haunted. And um, so the cavalier part with me is he asked if I would come to his house and witness um, his haunting. And so I said, you know, sure, sounds like fun, you know. And uh, it, uh, what I didn't know at the time is he had a fairly deep um, drug problem and uh, also... I guess you could call it a gang problem. I, I didn't know this. He was very secretive. He had I grew up at the beach in um, near L.A., and he was what I always thought was a beach guy, but he had a secret life, and he had some pretty dark friends and a, a lot of guns and um, a lot of blow, and I didn't, but he was a sort of, you know, Jekyll and Hyde. Let's call it Jek- Jekyll and Hyde. And I think he, uh, I think that was part of his haunting. But in any case, he lived with his mom, and his mother didn't speak any English. And I think for her, he was presenting, trying to get help for the haunting in the house without looking in the mirror. Um, so when I showed up at the house to, you know, see what was going on, it was during the uh, Rodney King riots, mm. or the Rodney King verdict riots were just heating up. So they were. They moved into riots, and this was this would be about the day before. So people were essentially like, you know, the school I went to was going to closed early, you know, because they knew there was going to be unrest. And um, I was dumb enough to drive out to the hood, what we called the hood affectionately. Back then, it's not the hood anymore, but back then it was a pretty rough neighborhood. And um, he, uh, we had gotten food, and we had gotten a movie, and when we showed up, his mother was beside herself with joy that there was somebody else coming into the house to witness, you know, the activity. And, you know, that was essentially my first sign that this isn't just going to be like a bump in the night, maybe, or at least they believed it was very serious. She had um, uh, every reflective service she had uh, surfaced, like mirrors and pictures she had covered with black cloth. Mm. And she had uh, garlic hanging everywhere, novena candles everywhere, and, um, you know, I had not witnessed something like this yet, and so I was just sort of along for the ride, and it was in a way kind of going to a Halloween a haunted house or something. That was my dumb thinking. Um, however, uh, the um, the night, uh, it didn't, I don't even think that it was getting dark yet, and we'd already eaten, and we started a movie, and I was getting, like I was going to fall asleep. And I was a, I was a night person at the time. I was tending bar, and so I didn't, my, I usually didn't go to sleep till like, 3 a.m., and, then, you know, so it was very strange for me at, like, 7 p.m. to, like, have a hard time keeping my eyes open, but that's what happened, and uh, we were in his room and uh, fell asleep, and um, 
woke up to a, a sound that was louder than loud in the wall, just this massive sound. It was as if, you know, it was like a plane fell on the house. It was so loud, but it didn't wake him up. Um, and so I'm already thinking like, what, you know, logically, what could that possibly be? Even if somebody took a, you know, sledgehammer to the other wall, would it make a sound like that? It was more like a wrecking ball. And uh, it, it didn't take very long before I felt pressure on my chest. Or I think the first thing that happened was I heard uh, the hangers in the closet, metal hangers start to hit together, um, you know, closed closet. So, uh, you know, I knew what I heard and I knew this wasn't right, trying to wake him up. And I believe it was about then that... Um, it's I, I I a little shaky on how exactly the order of things went because I did fall back to sleep a couple of times, even though I was in shock that I was falling asleep because I've got like adrenaline just coursing mm. through my body and yet falling back to sleep, um, and yeah. knowing that that's just it shouldn't happen, and then also thinking like where are my keys and can I leave this place in the middle of a riot? Can I leave this town? Can I even get out of this neighborhood? All these thoughts, you know, and then falling back asleep, you know, and not being able to wake him up. But in any case, at one of the points when I woke up, there was a heavy, heavy pressure on my chest. Like I couldn't breathe. I was awake, though. Uh, but it was kind of like a, um, a old hag or, or, you know, the pressure on your chest where you can't wake up. Like I couldn't move even though I was awake and my eyes were open. And um, it uh, finally, whatever was on my chest, spoke in my other ear, whispered something in Spanish in my other ear, not the side he was on, but in my right ear, whispered in Spanish. I, I didn't know what it said, but it was angry. And so um, I'm, you know, trying my best to breathe and trying to wake him up. And I finally do wake him up and Hugh's sleeping on his stomach and he lifts up and he goes, is it here? You know, and as soon as he did that, then the whole thing lifted off my chest. And so, you know, he's, starting to become more and more aware and I'm scared shitless, you know? <laughs> and, um, right then a cat, this black cat jumps up on the night table on my side of the, uh, my side of the bed. And I'm like, Oh my God, your cat's in here. I didn't know your cat was in here. And, and he goes, I don't have a cat. And so, <laughs> so, you know, I'm like, I don't even know what, if I shrieked, I have no idea, but he jumped up and he, grabbed the cat, and he threw it out the window. It was on the first floor. Threat, pushes the screen out, throws his cat out. And, you know, I'm just hyperventilating, like, freak the F out. And But then I start feeling sleepy again. And so, you know, so strange. And the next thing I remember is waking up with my head at the opposite side of the bed, so at the foot of the bed, and he's trying to wake me up. And I'm realizing that it's like, later afternoon based on the light that was coming in and I just go whoa what what time is it and he's like I was going to call 911 I couldn't wake you up and so I'm like at that point you know where are my keys you know mm -hmm. like this it's it's I, I gotta get out of here and so um I hope my phone doesn't die because my battery just got low um so at at that point called called some you know briefly it's a little bit longer story but um, I think you kind of get the gist, but the, um, you know, briefly.
Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Oh, you can. Yeah. Hmm. I think maybe we lost her. Uh-oh. Or, she she's, or she's switching over to uh, the different wife. Maybe she, remember before she switched over or something. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's doing that again. I don't know. Yeah. I hope not. That sucks. I'm sure we lost her. No, no. That was uh, fucking hell, man. Yeah, wild shit. <laughs> wild in it. Yeah. <laughs> the bookhouse boys aren't on here. <laughs> Do <laughs> Lee, you ever watch Twin Peaks? Do you know, mate, I watched it years ago, and I mean, I think it might roughly just about when it came out. Uh, yeah, some weird shit. Um, I still got to cover that stuff one day. One day. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to watch it again now. It's been a while. Fucking out there, shit. There's a, there's a movie and there's three seasons, so there's a lot to watch if you do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't think I've watched them all, though, mate. Right, not seen it. It's one I've not seen, right, but I've not seen the film. Oh, Arnold, you're doing this through Discord? This is funny. They're, they're probably doing a Twin Peaks watch in my in my Discord, and I have no fucking idea. That's pretty... That's pretty... <laughs> that's really fucking bad. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, you, you know, and that is doable. Actually, we could play movies in uh in Discord. I've done that. Oh, on that through this? No, I think no. I was just uploading them. Uh, I was sharing the screen and just playing a movie on my computer and just letting it go inside. Oh, right. good yeah. idea, mate. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, that's all you got to do, and then everybody else can jump in and view it and shit and listen. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I don't know what to do about Whitney. Maybe she's just not coming back. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I was gonna wrap it up anyway. I feel bad, but yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll message you. Um, oh wait, there she is. Oh, she's, she's back. back. Here she is. Hopefully hey, can you hear me? Hey, yes, we can hear you. Yes. I'm so sorry yeah. about that. My phone was about to die, and then I I could hear you guys the whole time though. So, um, I'm glad yeah, you made you. it back because I really I, did, I hated to like because I've had to I've done that with Lee a couple of times I really don't like doing that I was really hoping I'd be able to like get you back on before you left before we before yeah, we ended totally it you know? that. yeah uh, yeah so so all right end so, of that story was the guy remained haunted and uh, I had to leave and uh, all of that so I mean he got violent and he I saw his eyes turn black once and all of that you know crazy crazy story so. Um, in any case, you know, that was a long answer to your question. So I think it was a spectrum um, of all, I, I, I almost feel like if you've heard of it, it like anything's possible when it comes to consciousness and maybe how sort of attachments and parasites act. And, you know, mm. uh, so I, I think that that's why the exploration is so interesting, because then you hear something else and you're like, what's really going on? What's the, I think there's lots of answers so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, yeah. I mean, you can even look at it like I even said before. Could it be you doing something that's causing it? Could it? You're even saying, could it be an attachment? It's still you're, you're still involved, but it's that doing it. Like there could be so many, like you're saying, like so many different things that it's very interesting. Right. And I think to stay open about what it could be is the most important part. You know. 
Yeah, and maybe, you know, in the scope of a lifetime, maybe that's why I was attracted to him for that brief time in my life in the first place was to have that experience, to have that learning. I kind of learned trial by fire that you don't want to mess with dark stuff. Um, (laughs) You know, let me just – actually, there is a relevant part to, like, end to that story kind of, and that is um, when I brought some friends in to, like – like also witness and try and help. Um, it turned out that, you know, the, his uncle was a um, dark magician and was doing uh, animal sack in the garage. And he didn't disclose that to me until these other friends came over. He took us in the garage and pulled back a rug where he had his weight set on top of. And that was like a full, like crazy, a complicated, uh, detailed pentagram, very big. And this same uncle had asked him to bring some rocks back from Costa Rica. So I think at, that's why I said sort of conspiratorially speaking, because this Supreme Court magistrate, that was his brother. So, like, there was some other dark shit going on there. And um, I'll come across him, uh, not recently, but a couple of times and I even asked him if he was still haunted and you know he admitted that he was so like if we're talking like satanic circles and stuff like that um I I don't know but that's just that's the story that was what I witnessed and so why you know how much of that did I project maybe there was a part of me that needed to learn that lesson in real time with my own three eyes you know you're on three eyes i like that. yeah <laughs> that's a good way to end it too with you on three uh well i'm thank you for coming on um i would assume you got plenty of more stories where we could have you on again even if it's not a freaky fridays maybe me and me yeah have you on again. let's do it yeah okay. yeah definitely interesting because uh yeah, that was brilliant yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some interesting stuff for sure. The the UFOs. I mean, I would, I would probably even like to just go back to those and talk about those again and more deeper stuff, but very interesting shit for sure. Wild yeah. experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thank you for coming yeah, on I, and like I, and coming out and saying all that. Sure. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Whitney. Yeah. Wonderful. Love you guys yeah. so much. Um, do you want to plug your stuff <laughs> again? You. At least let, you know, let people know your uh, Instagram and your website and, and what you do as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, reach out and say, hey, I would love to hear from anybody that uh, wants to say, hey. So that Instagram is uh, at TricksterFox7, and then uh, the website is WhitneyFoxMedium.com. Awesome, awesome. And I got both of your links in the bottom now in the YouTube. Uh, And Lee, do you want to plug yourself as well? Yeah, uh, generally, Subconscious Realms, uh, Twitter, at Subcon Realms 33, Instagram, at Subcon underscore Realms 33, um, Subconscious Realms at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you. I know, thank you. Thank you both for coming on. Thanks, uh, Yeah, real thank quick, you, I, I do want to add, since I'm finding out, like I mentioned before, there should be uh, soon, I think, uh, I'm going to try to talk to Arnold after this, 
Um, we're going to try to do a Twin Peaks watch, I guess, in my dis- our Discord, in the Tor and more Discord. So uh, if you Brilliant. people don't have Discord and you're interested in seeing that, uh, there's a link in the bottom in our, in our notes that Helen made for us. It has the Discord in there, so we might be doing a Twin Peaks show, and if I can make it, I will definitely be jumping in and typing vigorously of all the occult shit I'm seeing. So I will try to chat with you all as well. <laughs> so, because uh, it's so filled, you won't be able to keep up if you're watching it. You'd have to stop it and talk. So, uh, so you know, and, and that's and that's thanks to one of our members. It's not me who's doing this. This is why I'm saying our Discord kicks ass. It has nothing to do with me and Lux. It has to do with our members. Our members is doing this. It has nothing to do with us. They're going to do it regardless. So definitely check out our Discord. There's plenty of awesome shit in there and tons of different channels, tons of different stuff. You know, plenty of things to keep you interested and tons of active, awesome, nice people in there. Everybody gets along. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, enough about that. Um, Thank you both again for coming on. And that is the end of another Freaky Fridays, uh, even though it was recorded early. This was a perfect Freaky Fridays. So that's why I would, like, definitely (laughs) love to have you come on. Like, if not... If it's if there's a, a wait or whatever, I have you on me, and we can just have you on regularly because I definitely, I'm sure there's so many more stories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I really look forward to doing it again. And uh, until then, everybody be well and uh, have a good day. Later. Yes. Yeah. Nice one, mate.